Welcome to the Healthy Compulsive Project Podcast, where you can take a deep dive to explore the pitfalls and potential of the obsessive compulsive personality, offering hope and help for perfectionists, workaholics, micromanagers, type A personality, and control freaks. Understanding the four types of obsessive compulsive personality to achieve balance. First posted May 16, 2020. As I've gotten to know more people with obsessive compulsive personality through my clinical work, writing, and online groups, I've come to recognize that there's a great deal of variation among them. There's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all description of the obsessive compulsive personality. And it's not completely fixed either. Personality can shift with age and circumstance. So I've tried to develop a more detailed model of the compulsive personality that takes into account its different facets. Understanding our own tendencies can help us move from unhealthy extremes of one type to a more balanced personality, including healthy aspects of each of the types. Four Types of Obsessive Compulsive Personality It first occurred to me that they were authoritarian compulsives and people-pleasing compulsives. Simply put, leaders and followers. Then I realized that there were two other types, those who became paralyzed by obsessing and procrastinating, and their opposites, the manic compulsives who constantly stay busy and sometimes become addicted to work. Each of these four types emphasizes a particular dimension of the compulsive personality. They're all linked by a strong internal drive to accomplish and to accomplish as close to perfectly as possible. But each chooses to respond differently to this urge. Each chooses a different way of adapting to the world within the limits of a driven and perfectionistic personality. You may experience these parts differently, or even experience completely different parts that I haven't thought of at all. If that's the case, I'm ecstatic. Because what I really want to do is to encourage you to see and understand what parts of yourself you emphasize and what parts you have not developed. Healthy and unhealthy ends of the spectrums. These initial descriptions of a compulsive types depict only the unhealthy extremes of four different dimensions. Each dimension also has a healthy aspect at the other end of its spectrum. These dimensions are inherently neither good nor bad and can be described as teacher-leader, doer-worker, server-friend, and thinker-planner. The unhealthy extremes show what happens when the original energy is hijacked to prove value, elevate status, and stifle shame. And while most people tend to operate in one dimension more than others, they may operate in other dimensions under different circumstances. They may also change which dimension they operate in as they mature. To understand how these domains operate in relation to each other, imagine a circle or a clock. At the top of the circle is the teacher-leader. On the right side, at 3 o'clock, is the doer-worker. At the bottom, at 6 o'clock, is the server-friend. On the left side, at 9 o'clock, is the thinker-planner. At the outer edges of this circle are the unhealthy versions of each of these. The authoritarian bully, the workaholic, the people-pleaser, and the obsessing procrastinator. In the inner circle are the healthier versions of each type. The guiding mentor, the productive worker, the responsive peacemaker, and the reflective, appropriately cautious thinker. The closer to the center of the circle, the less opposed each of these types are. When we live close to the center, characteristics that seem opposed can work together harmoniously, such as a leader-servant, 
or a thoughtful worker. This isn't designed to be a rigorous, scientifically demonstrable model, but one to inspire thinking about how we cope with our world, how we utilize our strengths, and how we might grow and heal by moving more toward the original, healthy intent of each of these tendencies. Now I'll go through each of these types and describe the healthy and unhealthy aspects. The teacher-leader focuses on informing others how to live and what needs to be done. On the healthy end, they can be informative guides and mentors, authoritative in the best sense. They're motivated by the power of change. At the unhealthy end, they can be controlling bosses and even ruthless bullies, using rules to control everyone else. They usually see problems as outside of them. They externalize. They can be rigid and authoritarian, insisting that their way is the only way. They can destroy relationships and communities. They may get caught in a profit complex, believing they are communicating God's message to the world. The doer worker focuses on accomplishing, achieving, and fixing. They use lists extensively. On the healthy end, they're very productive and contribute a great deal to the world around them. They're motivated by accomplishment and mastery. At the unhealthy end, they become compulsively manic workaholics who neglect their well-being and their relationships. They may get caught in a hero complex, destructively overextending themselves. The server-friend focuses on relationships and helping others. At the healthy end of the spectrum, they're good team players. They work well with others, creating harmony and finding satisfaction in doing so. They're motivated by alliance and affiliation. They compulsively try to meet expectations. At the unhealthy end, people-pleasers in the worst sense, they may be so attentive to the thoughts and needs of others that they lose their authentic voice and what they have to offer. They usually see themselves as the problem. That is, they internalize. Competing demands drive them crazy because they can't please everyone. They may become caught in a martyr or sacrificial complex, giving themselves away constantly. The thinker-planner focuses on planning, figuring out the best actions to take, and the best way of accomplishing them. At the healthy end of the spectrum, they have very high standards and reflect cautiously before taking action. They're motivated by security and quality. At the unhealthy end of the spectrum, they tend to be so perfectionistic that they obsess and procrastinate and can't get anything done. Their strategy is to avoid failing or losing favor by not taking chances. They don't allow themselves to take risks and so never achieve what's meaningful to them. Many people operate between two dimensions, resulting in hybrid expressions of these four dimensions. I'm going to give some examples now, and these are just examples, not exclusive patterns. Moving clockwise again, starting at 1.30. The driving leader. The healthy end of the spectrum, these inspiring models encourage those around them to be productive through their own example. They may be empathic managers. At the unhealthy end of the spectrum, the slave-driving boss who works constantly him or herself and expects everyone else to be as self-sacrificing as he or she is. They may have a tyrant complex. Then, on our circle at 4.30, we have the communal worker. At the healthy end of the spectrum, they enjoy being able to actively help others and live in harmony with others through their actions. They're supportive in their family and workplace and volunteer elsewhere as well. At the unhealthy end of the spectrum, they work constantly for others and may become resentful about complying so much. They identify with the suffering servant 
and may become masochistic. At 7.30, we have the communal thinker. At the healthy end of the spectrum, through planning and reflection, they can improve their welfare and that of others around them. They're empathic, receptive listeners, and may help others sort out what they feel and think themselves. They brainstorm well with others. At the unhealthy end of the spectrum, they become dependent on the opinion of others. They obsess so much about perfecting their reaction to others that they can't get anything done or forge good relationships. They may suffer from social phobia or inhibition, and they tend to avoid conflict. Finally, at 10.30, we have the reflective and creative leader. In their role as leaders, they encourage high standards and thoughtfulness. They may be writers or artists. At the unhealthy end of the spectrum, these tend to be know-it-alls who tell everyone else what to do, but achieve little themselves. Moving toward health. The more that we can integrate positive aspects of each of these dimensions, rather than living entirely in one, the more we move toward health and wholeness. However, most of us by nature have organic tendencies toward one of the four dimensions, either leadership, work, service, or reflection. The closer to the center of the circle an individual is, the closer to health and wholeness they are. The further out toward the extreme they live, the less healthy and whole they are. Generally, people are pushed out toward the extremes when their healthy compulsive urges are hijacked by their insecurities and fear of experiencing shame. For instance, someone who is by nature very sensitive and compassionate, like the server friend, may end up losing those talents to try to placate others and not get in trouble. They may become resentful and burnt out. Someone who is by nature productive and creative, such as the doer worker, may try to prove their work through achievement and becoming addicted to work, neglecting relationships and self-care. Noticing the dimensions that are less developed can help us to identify where to focus our attention. For instance, we may work compulsively to please others and not develop our own opinions and approaches that can be helpful to share with others. Or we constantly reflect about the best way to do things without taking action. To feel better, we need to challenge ourselves to grow, but also to acknowledge the limits of what feels natural to us and what feels too foreign to us. Moving toward wholeness. Groundbreaking psychiatrist Carl Jung urged us to seek wholeness, not perfection. This makes perfect sense since the word healing means to make whole. He suggested that we develop as many aspects of the personality as possible and have them work together in a balanced way. He called this individuation. He used the mandala, an image which combines the square or cross with the circle to illustrate this wholeness. It also represents the reconciliation of opposites such as thinking and doing, leading and following. Ideally, we develop each of these characteristics to some degree so that they can function together in a balanced way. While I hadn't set out to do so, my circular diagrams of the four types of compulsive grew into mandalas. I hope that they convey the possibility of a direction for growth, perfection in the service of wholeness and health. Because I feel that understanding this aspect of our personality is so important, I'll be posting episodes on each of the types of compulsive personality sometime in the next month or two. Subscribe or follow this podcast so you don't miss a word. You can find transcripts of this podcast with links to research sources and lots more at the Healthy Compulsive blog, www.thehealthycompulsive.com. 
If you'd like to subscribe to the Healthy Compulsive Podcast, hit that subscribe button. And for a thorough guide to cultivating the positive potential of the compulsive personality, find my book on Amazon, The Healthy Compulsive, Healing Obsessive Compulsive Personality Disorder and Taking the Wheel of the Driven Personality. And if you find any of these helpful, let others know by leaving a review. Till next time, enjoy the drive.